Are you recording? <laughs> All right, three, two, one. What is happening, ladies and gents? Welcome to another episode of Talk To Me, the show where I get my friends to talk to me. We have a new system. Everything is different. We have a switcher in my brother, Joseph, and the guy forgot to press record. So we're going to try this again. Today, I have him back. I've twisted his arm and he's here. Peter, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be here, mate. Good to be here. Thanks for coming back on, mate. How you been? What's been happening? Uh, nothing much. Just work. Work's gone flat chat again. So, you know, everyone is uh, thirsty and we need to hydrate the nation. So, I hate it when I hate it when you say <laughs> I hydrate the nation. Mate, you got to do that. You got to do that. It's, there, um, there is nothing profession. worse. <laughs> nothing worse than when you say that. Um, yeah. what, what else been going on, brother? You've been busy? Just um, building a granny flat. So, well, my brother's building a granny flat, his company, um, Paramount Construction. So, yeah, it's all, it's all happening there. It's um, close to nearly being finished. Got three weeks to go to a month. So, Are you th- yeah. You're a month away? Yeah, a month away, mate. Dead set. How is the yeah. granny flat process? It's going good, honestly. My brother does everything and I just say yes or no, depending on what I like. I don't like it and he does it all. So, he sends me the invoice. I transfer in the money and then all done. And then it's all good so, to go. All good to go. Well, ladies and gents, make sure you see Paramount Planning and Constructions. They're very good. Yep. Mark's definitely. the best in the industry, 100%. Yep. So, yeah, do that. Well, mate, I wanted to bring you back on because I, first off, had no other guests to bring on. So, yep, that's thank right. you for saying yes. No worries. <laughs> I had to twist his arm a couple of times. But you're, you're a quality human being in that you never say no to me. And I don't know if that is a bad thing for your life or not, but... It is what it is. Bit of a mixture. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But um, yeah, no, it's always good to, to have a chat with you, whether on there or off. Yeah, it's always good. Well, thanks, mate. Well, I wanted to talk to you about something because we've just had Elevate Retreat. We've just finished off a long period of planning and you know work and trying to get everything sorted for that. And it got me thinking about just ministry in general. Now, ministry as a whole is one of those things that you, I guess you don't know how many people are working in it until you actually sit back to take a look at it and it's so easy to see the the you know the people up front the marks of the world the dannies of the world the pastor uh, the guys that are on the stage but i guess you don't see a lot of the guys in the background you don't Mm -hmm. see a lot of what they're doing and to be completely honest and without gassing you up mate you're that guy you're the guy that's constantly in the background constantly working constantly doing stuff and personally i think those guys are pretty much nearly more important than the guys that are on the stage doing the stuff. How'd you get into ministry? Um, Ministry is a a very interesting thing. One day you wake up and, you know, you don't want a part of it, you don't want to do anything. Mm. The next day you wake up and God's called you into ministry, whether it's um, choir, whether it's preaching, whether it's IT, whether it's um, mowing the lawns at church, whatever it is, you know, God calls you for it there, um, and I think most thing is that uh, when there is um, a need is when you put your hand up and be like, okay, you know what? God's given me this talent. God's given me this ability to do it. So I need to fulfill that. You know, God gives us gifts. God gives us abilities. And what are we going to do with them? Are we going to sit here and not use them? Um, or are we gonna actually going to use them? And if we don't use them, God takes them away from us. Yeah. So you know, I was got into it one day. I, I remember back in Croydon Park, choir was the first thing I got into. Uh, back then we had... Literally in the hall, you had six people in the choir, um, and I was one of them. And every single Sunday, my brother Tim will go do his rounds, pick up everyone, go to church, do quiet practice for about 20 minutes, and 
literally it was in the congregation. We would stand there on the on the left hand side of the hall. We'll read off the overhead projector back then because there was no proper projector or anything. It was a very long time ago. Um, read it and then sit down whenever you know the song's finished. So, you know, God called me to that. Um, How old were you? I was well, so I, I was, God diagnosed diabetes when I was twelve years old. So I was probably around the twelve thirteen mark. So, so you 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 get into ministry at about thirteen years old. Yep. Um, why? What's the what gets you to do it? Because I'm trying to take it from a perspective of it's hard to understand ministry until you're in it. Mm, I mean, it's true. not really one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm gonna spend two three hours a week yep. volunteering my time to help God and the church out. Yeah. Uh, I think there's there's a couple of you know things that play a part in joining ministry or being in ministry. Number one is just your love for God. You know, you love God, he gives you an ability, you want to use it. Whether yep. it's something simple as, you know, cleaning, something simple as, you know, cutting the grass, um, doing stuff like that, you know, if God calls you to do that and you got that ability to do it, then, you know what, you jump straight in. Um, we love God, we want to serve God. And it's just like if someone gives you, you know, you can have $500, um, what are you going to do with it? He's going to sit there and it's not you're going to do anything with it or you're actually going to go use it, you're going to go spend it. And God gave us an ability to use for his glory. And if we're not using it, we're just wasting it. So I think for me, it was just, you know, I, I always enjoyed music. I always enjoyed, you know, hearing the choir sing and the rest of it. So you know what? I'll start singing. And then God's, is actually blessed my whole family with um, with a musical voice. Mm. You know, uh, my brother Tim, Stephen, Mark, my dad. My dad used to do song leading back when it was um, in really? Park. Yeah, so. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was uh, one of the one of the uh, main ones. So yeah, from him it just kind of stemmed down, and then we got into choir. My brother Tim was in the choir at the time, and and I was in it. Um, yeah, so it was just you have that love for God, you have that ability to serve Him, and why wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, He's giving you something, so go ahead and use it. Okay, so it's about I guess step one, finding that talent, finding that thing that God's given you. But how do you take that step? Okay, so you go, all right, I'm talented in this or God's given me this gift. How do I move on to say, okay, I'm going to try and, you know, join the choir or, yeah. you know, cut the grass on a Saturday? I mean, for, for some some ministries, it's kind of just trial and error. Okay. You, know, you want to go in, you want to, for example, cut the grass, for example, right? Um, everyone has abilities to do that. You know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to cut the grass, use a whippersnapper, use a leaf blower. Everyone do that. But it's just... Having that hunger to serve God, you know, you you see you see a need there, you see um, an opportunity to serve God, and then you you just go ahead and you jump into it. You know, there's no special calling. There's no oh, you know what, God appeared to me in a dream, or God done this, or God done that. It's you see that there, you think, hey, you know what, I've got the ability to do it. Um, Sunday mornings, I'm not doing anything. Saturdays, I'm not doing anything. Um, whether it's you know what a type of ministry it is, it's just. Going in there, be like, you know, I want to serve God, and that's why I'm going to go and do it. Yeah, come, that push comes to shove. That's the bottom line of it. We're there to serve God, not to serve ourselves. Yeah. So, do you see there being a spiritual battle even in those mon- mundane ministries, quote unquote? Like, hundred percent. The guy on the Saturday that rocks up at seven a.m. to cut the grass mm-hmm. on a normal day, no issue. Yeah, I'll wake up at seven. I'll go to work, or I'll go cut the grass before yeah. work, whatever it is. But to go to church and do it for some reason, there's this battle within you that you're overly tired. Things are going down. You just don't want to be there. Mm. Yeah, there definitely is a spiritual uh, aspect to it. There, 
I mean, you look, like you're saying, you know, one day through the week or even every day through the week, we can get to work and we can be there at 6am, 7am, whatever it is. But then come Saturday, you know, even sometimes Sunday if we're doing a ministry early, um, we can't get there at 9 o'clock or we can't get there at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. Um, Satan definitely does try attack you and try to stop you from doing it. Um, it could just be, oh, I'm tired. And he plants that thought in your head, you know what, you've had a long week, you've had a tough week, just sleep in, you know, someone else can do it. Mm. Um, there definitely is that spiritual part of it there where, you're like, you know what, we need to take that stand for God. And that's what it comes down to where if we take that stand from the beginning, then, you, you know, whatever Satan throws at you, whether you're tired, whether it's, you know, raining or whatever it is from there, and, you know, you can just look past that and be, you know what, I'm there to serve God, I'm not there to me look good or me to suit, you know make myself look good or to serve myself or anything like that but the fact that you're putting God first there's always that spiritual battle and you know the determine how what determines that you go do it or not is the stand that you take for it so let me ask you you go from age 12 13 you join the choir ministry yep. how do you get so prominent in the ministry in those background roles at 32 33 like how yep. do you get to that point I think just being in the ministry for that long, you um, you kind of learn the the ins and outs of it. The good thing about choir is that it choir is not just the singing part of it. Choir is the music part of it. Whether it's the microphones, whether it's the you know putting the words up on the projector, whether it's whatever it is, there's always like you know different elements and different parts to to a ministry. Um, I, I like I love the choir and I love doing the. You know, I'm I'm tech savvy and the rest of it. So you know, going from one thing to another was for me was pretty easy. Yeah. Um, and just seeing how it all works, where how I can make the choir sound a lot louder, how I can make this, the choir sound, you know, more explosive and stuff like that. That's kind of what led me to the back part of it for the sound and stuff like that. Because you don't see the the um, the IT guys or the sound people, you know, when they're up there on the stage. All you, all you see is the choir up there and they're singing. And yeah. how you you know you know what's going on is the IT guys are doing all the sound. So I think for me it was a, an easy thing because that was something that interested me. Yeah, you know, I like the whole tech part of it and that's why I kind of moved into that role as well and moved into that ministry so how do you explain to someone outside church mm. now I'm going to come back to the issues with ministry but how do you explain to someone outside church sorry bro can't make it this Friday night or Saturday morning because I'm testing something with the audio system at church mm. how do you explain that because their their response to that is got to be a trip out yeah right definitely um I think it comes down to your life Okay. You know, if they know that, and I've got my workmates um, that know I spend majority of my time at church. Mm. You know, going back earlier this year was Monday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays were at church. You know, we're doing something. Saturday we're doing a ministry. Sunday morning, Sunday night we're at church. So, just how your life is, when you explain it to your, you know, to the people outside of church, they really don't get it. Yeah. But it's explaining to them why you do it. And what you're doing, they're kind of like, okay, you know what? Everyone has something that they believe in, whether it's you know God, whether it's whatever they want to believe in, the atheism, whatever they want to believe in. You know, there's always that that um, aspect of you know there, there's a um, a reason why we do stuff. So for me, just explaining to them, say, listen, you know me, I'm a Christian. You know, I'm always at church. I'm always serving God. I always love God. So that's why I'm going to do this. You know, sorry, I can't come to this thing or I can't do that because I'm doing this. And from your life and your testimony, that's that they kind of get that, and they understand that from that, like not fully understand that because they don't serve God or they don't, you know, they don't do that. But you know, just going there, telling them that, say, hey, listen, this is my life, this is what I do. God comes first in my life, 
and that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm giving up and sacrificing all this type of stuff to go and test it or to go do what I need to do. Mm. Do you find that that makes it easier to give them the gospel? 100%. Do you think they see something different there? 100%. And uh, I think it's, it's evident in every Christian life. If you put God first and you're living your testimony, living your life for God, you know, everyone sees a difference. You know, whether it's your, your own family, you know, people have family friend, uh, families, that are members that aren't saved or that aren't believers, they see that straight away. You know, yeah. you, everyone has work friends, uni friends, you know, whatever it is. They see that there's a difference. They see that this person is not going out and doing what everyone's doing. He's sacrificing their time to go and serve God and to go love God. Um, and just that testimony gives you the opportunity to you know, give them the gospel, whether it's a full-blown gospel or whether it's just your testimony and say, hey, listen, this is why I do it because God saved me at this age. You know, I started believing in God at this age. That's why I do it. Do you see a problem with ministry at the moment? Is there something <clears throat> wrong with it? Is there something, like, are there issues? There, there's, in everything in life, there's always issues. Yeah. You know, you're never going to get a day where there's, everything is perfect. Um, I, I, I personally see what I see at, um, at, not just our church, but in every church, that, you know, we all go through that, that 80-20 window. You know, there's 80% of people doing, sorry, there's 20% of people doing 80% of the work. Mm. You know, that's that's one thing that I see there. There's, People are getting, um, you know, are in different ministries. And I had to take a step back from choir this year um, because I'm in the IT ministry. So uh, they were kind of overlapping with each other. Um, at the same time, if I am doing choir on a Sunday morning, I can't greet it with the door. You know, that takes that that um, ministry as well. So it's kind of, there's, there's a lot of things where the, the small amount of people are doing so many ministries. Um, and number one, it burns them out. Yeah. And number two, they can't focus on a main ministry, you know, their, their priority ministry, because there's so many other ministries to from there. So that that's one one um, issue that I see. Another one is people don't want to serve. Um, Why? That, that's a big thing. Why? Whether it's the way that they, you know, they they want to live their life, they just want to say, "No, I want to be served," as opposed to me to serve someone. Mm. Um, I think it comes a lot from the way you know, society perceives things now. You know, you've got social media that is always about me. Yeah. You know, everyone's on there, everyone's chucked on, you know, look like this, do this, you know, make money, do this and do that. And it's all about me, me, me. It's never about help other people. It's never about, you know, be, be um, you know, family safe, be friendly, be all these types of stuff. It's always about me. Look at my image, look at me, look at what I'm doing, you know. And that's what it comes down to where people don't want to help other people because, Unfortunately, social media runs our life. So you really think that narcissism has a lot to do with the 100%. not joining ministry? 100%. I did not expect you to say that at all. Can you explain that a little bit more? Like, I get the whole the whole social media aspect and everything's yeah. about me, but why is that taken away from ministry? Because, for example, choir, right? We we, we meet at eight thirty a.m. on a Sunday morning. Okay, you know, Sunday morning, the last thing you want to do is get up at eight thirty and go to go to choir. Correct. Right, and that's a selfish reason. Why don't we want to go? Because I'm tired. Okay, well, you know, Saturday night, sleep a bit earlier, and then come to come to quiet practice Sunday morning. Mm. Um, so that that's where it comes down to where it's it's all about me. It's all what I want. Okay, you know? I don't want to do what the ministry leader tell me. Or I don't want to do this because it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't yeah. make me, you know, want to do the ministry because I'm not getting my way. Um, I think that's what it comes down to there, where it's just a selfish way of thinking. Instead of thinking, you know what? Okay. 
you know, like hundred percent. Let's go there eight thirty. We're doing it for God. We're not doing it for ourselves. Um, let's get there eight thirty and let's let's sing. Whether it's for that, whether it's for IT, whether it's for whatever ministry it is, um, I think that that plays a big part. Where it's everything is now about me. It's no longer about okay, I'm serving God. So it's taken. It's getting yourself out of that selfish mindset. Yeah. Getting yourself out of that personal mindset and realizing that this is more of a it's a team effort yeah and it's also for something bigger than you 100 percent. so how do you get yourself out of that and not the stock standard christian you know you know just stop thinking about yourself read your yeah. order. like how do you practically get yourself out of that mindset with that it's 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 a big thing that people fall into you know it's all you know i want to do what i want to do and i don't care what other people care like I don't care what other people think or do. Yeah, it's all about respect. You know, if you're respecting yourself, number one, then you want to carry yourself properly. You, know, you don't want to carry yourself as, oh, look at me. You know, I'm just selfish. It's all about me, right? You want to, you want to re- people to respect you because you care for them because you love them, mm. right? So that's one way of doing it. Instead of thinking about yourself, think about the team. Like you're saying, it's a team effort. You know, the the, the tenors in the choir. You know, the, there was three of us. Is me, Tim, Goose, um, sorry, four of us, and Isaac. So, you know, if I don't go there, that's 25% of the tenants gone. Yeah. Right? So that's, you drop down a quarter of them. So when it comes down to practice for the following week, I don't know what we learned that week. So it's all about getting out of that selfish mindset of helping the team. And the way you get about that is if you, you love your, you, know, you love what you're doing, you love your ministry, you love God. And you want to go out there and do it. And you see that in the team aspect. I mean, in any other ministry, right? You've got the cleaning ministry, the grounds ministry, uh, Bible club, Sunday school, IT. When one person doesn't show up, yeah. the board drops. And it drops hard. Big time. Especially when you've got so many people doing so many ministries. Mm. Um, you know, they can't just cover. Sometimes, like, if Pete is on IT and greeting, yeah. I, I can't cover IT. I've got greeting yeah. today. Exactly. So it's, it's a ripple effect. Yeah. So it's about thinking about that team environment, thinking about that team effort, and on a spiritual level. Spiritual level is just wanting to serve God. Mm-hmm. You know, in everything you do in life, you always you want to do it. You know, you don't go to work because you know uh, I'm doing it for my manager, for example, or I'm doing it for my friend or whatever. No, you're doing it for yourself because you want to do it. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a, a thing you want to achieve there. I think for ministry, the biggest thing is. You want to serve God, you love God, and that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, you know, and a big part of it is if you're drifting away from God, you don't want to do it. Mm. You know, you want to have your your spiritual life right with God. You want to have be able to to talk to God and to you know to pray, to read your Bible and all that because that's what it comes down to. Where God's blessed you so much in life, and this is the way that we give back to Him. You know, we give back to Him whether it's through ministry or through preaching, whatever it is from there. But we're giving back to him because he's given to us, and I think that's that's you know, a big part of it where we get out of the like spiritual wise. We get we know at the end of the day, you know, once the rapture happens and all that, we're going to give it all back to God. Mm. You know, imagine going up there in heaven and being like, you know what, God, here's what I had. I'm 33 years old, so here's my 33 years. When I'm down here on earth, I'll give you back one crown. I mean, that's it will make me look like you know that I didn't do anything in my life. Yeah, Christian wise, spiritual wise, it's I want to give back to God everything I can. You know, a thousand crowns, five hundred thousand crowns, like all that type of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think just wanting to serve God is what does it for spiritual wise. Do you think there needs to be more of an emphasis on looking eternally? 
I mean, you mentioned it. You mentioned how all of this is going to come to an end eventually. Yeah. Do you think, and I think it goes back to that narcissism factor of, because we're thinking so much about today and we're thinking about what is going to make me excel or give me a little bit more followers or whatever it is, we're not really thinking about that future aspect of, hey, there's going to be an eternity where we're going to take account for everything. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, we, we, and that's the, the society we're living. We all live for the now. Yeah. You know, buy now, pay later. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I don't have a credit card. Thank God I don't have a credit card because who knows what I would buy. Um, I don't do any of this pain. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's go to that. Yeah. Why don't you have a credit card? What's, what's your reason behind that? Because if I don't have the money, then why am I buying it? That's a fair call. That's, that's how I, if I have the money to buy it, then I'll buy it. Was that um, was that a decision you made early on? It was a decision I made early on. There was something that my my parents kind of instilled in our head as well. I mean, my, my parents came from nothing, you know. They came yeah. from from Lebanon and Syria, and they had nothing. And they came here, they worked themselves up. So if they didn't have the money to, you know, for example, go out to a fancy restaurant, we wouldn't. Yeah. You know, if they didn't have the money to buy, you know, a, a brand new car, then we wouldn't. There was there was none of okay. You know what? You work hard, but pay for it later. It's all, you know, you work hard, you get it now, and then you enjoy it. Because you're always going to have, and for me, I hate owing anyone something. Yeah, that's fair. Whether it's, um, like, you ask my brother with a granny flat. You know, he always tells me, you know, take your time paying it. The second he sends me the invoice, I'll pay it straight away. And it's my brother, and he's not going to come after me. He's going to be like, why have you paid for me or whatever. But I want to pay it there and then. Whenever we go out to dinner and, you know, we split the bill, I'll pay that person straight away. I don't like having that, that thing over my head where, you know what, I've done what I've done, I've enjoyed it, I've eaten the foods, you know, we've done whatever, and I still owe this person something. Yeah, I can't do that, bro. Yeah. That does my head in, man. Like, yeah. it, it, like I'll literally wake up at 3 a.m., go, crap, I forgot to pay, the th- yeah. and then make the payment at 3. Exactly. It, it does me in. Exactly. But so th- that's the thing. Like, the, the whole, you know, buy now, pay later thing, um, that's what, they're trying to instill it in us. Like, you know, society is just trying to put that in everyone, you know. Do what you want to do now and then pay for sort it later. Out later. And exactly. I think that is so much more prominent now than it's mm. ever been, man. Big time. Like, I do have a credit card, mm. but there's rules that I have around that. I've got it for points. Like, I try to get those flights yeah. and the points with it. And um, I've got rules around that. But mm. the moment I start finding myself slipping, I'm cutting that thing up. Yeah. And I think that... That's the hard part is trying to figure out what type of person you are and whether or not you mm. can balance it. Yeah, totally agree. But yeah, so you, you said that on the whole buy now, pay later sort of mindset and that yeah. is how we go into life. Yeah, that's true. We, we, we go into that not wanting to, you know, save things up in heaven. Mm. You know, down here on earth, whatever we buy, whatever we're going to do, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go. When we die, we take nothing with us. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, why are we thinking about the now when we still have an all of eternity to think about to give back to God or the rewards we're going to give to God and he's going to, you know, I, I don't want to go into heaven and God for not, not tell me what well, done that good and faithful servant. You know, I want God yeah. to say that to me. And I'm pretty sure that every, every Christian... It's a heavy thing that, right? Like yeah. we read that story, we know what that story is about, but it's a heavier thing than we give it credit for, I think, because yeah. it's such a it's such a powerful thing that will happen if you mm. don't walk the right path and do things for God's glory. Yeah. If he doesn't say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant, that is like saying your life was wasted. Yeah. It was pointless. 
Definitely. And that's by that time, you're in eternity. Mm. So it's not like you can go back down to earth and be like, oh, hey, let's do this. Let me quickly do this to, to serve God and to show God that I love him. But that time is too late. Yeah. So, yeah, I think society has kind of done that way where we want the now, we don't think about later. You know, and that's what we need to get our mindset out of. We need to think about the, our eternity. Mm. You know, we need to see, okay, God's given me these abilities. God's given me these talents. You know, I'm going to use them for him so I can give the rewards back to him. You know, just having your, your walk right with God is what kind of got me doing that. Okay, um, so I was about to ask, how do you change that mindset? Because we're living right now where everyone's saying, no, nah, yep. think about now. How do you change it to think futuristic? I think for a Christian, like in a Christian perspective, it's all about having your walk right with God. Okay. If you have your walk right with God, if you're reading daily, if you're reading daily, if you're fasting, then that's what like you're putting God first. Mm. You know, it's not about me. You know, fasting for me is a big thing because I'm diabetic. I can't go a whole day without eating. I've got my insulin. I have to, you know, take. I've got you know all that type of stuff. So for me, I unfortunately I can't fast the whole day. But what I do do is Every single time that you know I'm, I'm meant to be eating, I'm meant to be injecting my insulin, or doing all that, I start praying. Yeah, you know, I obviously need to control my sugars because if my sugars drop, then that's a whole different, you know, a whole different story. But being able to to maintain that and showing God, say, God, listen, I, I love you, I'm trusting you, I'm sorry that I can't go the whole day, but this is um, something you've allowed in my life, and I'm trying to do the best I can for you. And He sees that. He sees that intention. You know, getting getting right with God is your biggest thing for making you think for the future, not thinking for now. Because if you think for now, then you're going to do what you want to do. Yeah. You know, Satan gets a hold of you. Satan gets a hold of your th- of your brain, of your thoughts, and be like, oh, you know, just go do this now. Don't worry about doing it later. Mm-hmm. You know, you you got all of the you know, the rest of your life to build up things in heaven. Now you've this one opportunity. Let's do it now. But having your walk right with God and not giving Satan that opportunity to do it. You know, and the saying goes, they give me an inch, it takes a mile. It's 100% true. Yeah. He gets his foot in the door and then it's game over from there. You know, one thing after another and then next thing you're not reading your Bible, you're not praying, having that prayer time with God, you're not doing anything. It's just all about me and what I want to do and, you know, I'm thinking about now, I'm not thinking about eternity. So how do we fix this ministry problem? How do we fix this issue we've got with just, I guess, there's a shortage. Like if you look, yeah. at, it, if you look at it bluntly, there's a shortage, right? How do we get people to start seeing things at a different level? It's a couple of things that you kind of need to do. Like, it's not just going to be a a one-size-fits-all yeah. fix. You know, number one, it comes down to the individual. Mm. You know, if the individual wants to serve God and wants to, you know, use their ability, then it's up to them. Yeah, You can be the best ministry leader in the whole world. You know, you could do everything right. You can make ministry fun. You can do, you know, want everyone to jump on and all that type of stuff. But if the individual doesn't want to do it, then... You can't do it. Yeah, I think coming from from Elevate Camp, you know, we had a, we had a great um, had a great time there with um, yeah, with the preaching and stuff like that. And we had the decision board, and you know, everyone's made decisions and stuff like that. Now it's just sticking to those decisions. It comes out to that individual to make that decision that hey, I want to serve God. You know, I want to do something in my church. I want to whether it's you know being on the front line of it, whether it's being in the background of it, whatever it is, it's it's all about I want to serve God. It's about prioritizing, right? 100%. It's about seeing what is important in your life and shifting mm. those priorities. Because you said that you make a decision at a camp or a retreat yeah. and you decide, okay, yes, I want to stick to this. 
it's like a New Year's resolution. Mm. Two months down the track, you've forgotten about it. So I think it's about more than just making a commitment. It's about keeping that commitment. To it. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Mm. So that's the way to fix it, you reckon? Well, I think it all starts individual. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts in you first. And then also just talking to the right people. Okay. You know, if you go to someone, for example, you know, we, we both do the IT ministry, or all three of us here do the IT ministry. And if I go to you and say, you know, um, you know, I'm thinking of joining IT and you tell me, nah, don't do it. It's it's rubbish. You know, you get told off and things happen and it's mm. always your fault and this and that. Then to me, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to do that anymore. 100%. Because- uh, sorry to interrupt, mm. but I think that's a big issue with ministry um, is the attitude around it. Yeah. It And we fall, I fall into this trap all the time, acting mm. like we can't stand it, acting like we don't want to be around it when honestly, there's nothing I would prefer to do. 100%. And I think we really need to work on ourselves to change that perception because mm. hey, if someone's talking that negatively, I'm not going to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah stuff that. Exactly. That's 100% true. You don't want to join a ministry where people don't want to be in or people talk negative about it. Yeah, 100%. Um, you want to go there where people say, yeah, jump on. You know, I'll teach you. You know, we have a great time. We serve God. And, you know, that, that's what it comes down to. As a Christian, that's what we're meant to be doing. We're meant to be serving God. Mm. And you know, serving it with your, you know, your your mates at church, serving it with your your um, church family, there's no better thing. Looking back at your last twenty or so years of ministry, do you have any mm. regrets in it? Um, I wouldn't say more regrets. I would say that I would have liked to do things I'm doing in ministries earlier. Okay, as in, like for example, Bible club teaching, right? And Sunday school teaching. You know, I was I was teaching Sunday school back in Chester Hill, so probably about maybe... Really? Yeah. So what age group were you teaching? So I was teaching neuroscience class. I'm not sure what age that, that was. was. I think nine and ten-year-olds. Yeah, nine, ten-year-olds. Well, that was going back, what, like ten years, even yeah. more now. We moved into this church 2011. So, you know, gone back a while. Um, so, yeah, I just think it was more... You know, we we see more and more people joining the ministry and we're like, okay, you know what, I can take a step back now and you let them, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you let, let the person um, do what they need to do to kind of, you know, settle in the ministry, stuff like that. But sometimes we get more com- we get too comfortable with not doing what we used to do, you know, not teaching as frequent as I wanted to. That's yeah. one thing that I kind of, it, it's not a regret. It's like I would have I would have liked to do more of, like put my hand up for things that I used to do but that, that I kind of dropped back on. Um, you know, that, that's one big thing uh, for me, but as well, just trying to join like as many ministries as I can without wearing, wearing myself in. Yeah. You know, I think that that's the big thing. Like I know, I'm, and not, it's all from God and God's given me the ability to do it all, but he's, he's blessed me with a lot of different talents and things like that. So I was, I am able to do, you know, seven, eight ministries and thank God for that. Um, but I think as well, just focusing on a couple of main ministries um, and helping out on the others as opposed to trying to focus on every single one of them mm. and then wearing yourself out. So a new guy comes into ministry, right? Wants to do ministry. What do you tell him? How how do you get him involved? How do you get him to realize the gravity of what he is yep. actually doing? For me, the way that you know, I, I like being taught and the way that I like um, you know, doing things is I want to be thrown in the deep end straight away. Mm. You know, I want to say, you know what? Here's a Sunday message. Here's a Sunday meeting. Um, you're on the easy worship, which is probably the harder thing for the um for the IT team. Yeah. You know, trying to trying to figure out the song leader, what the, what they're um they're gonna sing and 
trying to do all that type of stuff in the, in the verses and all that, for me, is throwing them in the deep end. But, I mean, for, for a new Christian, everyone is different. They're trying to get someone into a ministry. It's more, you know what, let's, let's nurture that. Yeah. Let's help you out as much as you can. Let's take the time. Let's make it, um, you know, uh, fun for you. Not to try and make ministry appealing and be like, oh, you know, we have to have to do this, have to do that. No, it, it's more that, you know what, we're there to help you. You know, it's just like going into work. You know, you start a, start a new day at work. The last thing you want to do is you go in and no one's there. You know, no one's there yeah. to help you. No one's teaching you. No one's doing nothing. So I think just that new person coming in, taking them under your wing and teaching them. And for someone that, like us, that have been in IT for a while, you know, it, it's, it comes as second nature to us when someone comes in to help them out as much as we can. So I think that will kind of get them there, what keeps them there. They've already got the, um, the spiritual aspect part of it done because that's what they're therefore there to serve God. But it's more now, okay, let's help this person out. Um, let's take them under our wings and let's, let's you know, get them, get them up and going. What's your favourite thing about it? What's your favourite thing about being part of the ministry? I think church family. Yeah. You know, being able to serve with people that sometimes you might not talk to, sometimes you might not hang out with, um, but being able to serve for that one purpose, which is serving God, and just serving all together. You know, having a laugh with them, making memories with them, all that type of stuff. I think, like, for me, the greeting ministry, you know, I get to see, I get to talk to everyone. Yeah, because they're walking through the door. Exactly. So I, I'm a type of person that, you know, I, I love being to myself, absolutely love it. Um, but as well, I like talking to people at the same time. You know, my job entails of me going to customers and talking to them all the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm alone while I'm driving, but I'm there in a the customer store when everyone's there. So greeting game, like, it was a total, you know, totally different ball game where IT, you're sitting there, you're behind the scenes, you're doing all that, and literally you get given the song schedule, you get um, the, the service schedule, and this is what you do. But greeting was, you're meeting all the new people that come into church. Yeah. You know, you're the face of the church. You know, you see all these people, you say hi to them, you know, take them to the, to the greeters desk, uh, to the, um, the uh, reception desk, and basically from there, just meeting all these new people. So I think, for me, it's just serving with others, and as well, serving with people that you didn't know you could ever serve with, um, and just meeting the new people. Like, for greeting-wise, is meeting the new people. Yeah, I think that was the, the thing for me about ministry was meeting people that I probably never would have had a friendship or a relationship with. Yeah, that's um, right. Because, like, I've met so many people in the ministry um, that I was like, oh, yeah, like, I say hi to you every week, but I don't mm. know much about you until you actually start working with them. And you start 100%. forming these bonds and these friendships that I guess you never would have had prior to that. Yeah. And, and that's the, the love of God. Yeah. Right? He, we, we can do that. We're serving, serving God, that one purpose. We're all there serving ministry, in ministry for that one purpose, and that's serving God. And that's what his love does to us. You know, it brings us together. 100%. Okay. One piece of advice for a person wanting to join the ministry? Um, don't rush into things. Okay. Don't rush into a ministry. Why? You know, because it might not be the ministry for you. You might go into the wrong ministry and be like, oh, man, I don't like this. That will turn you off from joining other ministries. You know, you want to go into a ministry that you actually have the ability to do and you have the talent for it and you have the um, the gift that God's given you to do mm. because, you know, once you do that, you absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, it, and that was that was thing to me for with choir. You know, I love singing. I love using my voice for God. You know, I didn't like going to the practices at 8 a.m. Well, back then, we were at Croydon Park, Joe, so we were meeting at 8.45 in the morning. Oof. So we were there practice from 7.30. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't like doing that. 
but I loved going to choir. I loved singing. I loved worshiping God. And the, if that was the wrong ministry for me, then I wouldn't be in three quarters of the ministries I'm in mm-hmm. because I would have been like, you know what? Nah, I'm over this. I don't want to do this. You know, it's not the right thing for me. And I'll just sit there and just be a bench warmer or I'll sit there and, and not do many ministries for God and, you know, not use my talents for him. Well, Pete, I appreciate you jumping on to uh, talk to me my today. Pleasure. Mate, do you have any uh, anything you want to tell the people before you jump off? No, not really. Just basically keep listening to have a chat. That's why I not have a chat. Um, talk to me. Yes, um, we got him. Keep, keep listening to it. Um, I'll try my best to listen to this one, although I hate <laughs> my voice. Um, I'll try my best to listen to this. But um, yeah, I keep doing what you're doing, right? Um, it's good. Jump on, subscribe to it. Yeah, all good to go. Appreciate you, mate. And ladies and gents, you know where to subscribe. It is on YouTube. Uh, get us up to 150 if you can, please. Facebook, Instagram, all those lovely places. Thank you for joining us today. Pete, thanks for talking.